Good morning. I also want to extend that warm welcome to you as uh, you join us in worship today. We're delighted that you're here with us wherever you may be. My name is Sherry Clifton. I'm one of the pastors here where we are leading people to experience God's love, to know Jesus Christ, and to grow in his image. I want to remind you, as Pastor Wynn did, that there are ways for you to stay connected to us, and the website is the best place for you to get information about how to do that. Uh, Back in the 80s, which was just a few years ago, actually, for some of us, uh, back in the 80s, there was this great sitcom called Cheers, and its theme song is timeless and I believe so appropriate for us today. I asked Nick if he would come and play it for us. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where you Troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. Making our way in the world today is taking everything we've got. This world of pandemic and racial tensions, this world of political divide and economic uncertainty, this world where dust from the Sahara is clouding our skies here in America. Yes, we'd love to get away, and we'd love to take a break from our worries and to be with people who who know us and welcome us. And and yes, the, the people that we have been sheltering in place with during this pandemic, we love them. And it would be nice to be with some other people, too, who know us and see us and to be reminded that we're all in this together. The the struggles that we face, we're, we're not alone, even though we are separated in so many ways right now. The truth is we're wired for connection. Dean, Harnish, Dean Ornish, uh, Dr. Dean Ornish says, the need for connection and community is primal and fu- as fundamental as the need for air, water, and food. Being in community with one another is essential to our soul care and to our self-care. We need connection with others, and when we don't have it, our lives are, are out of balance, and, and sometimes we recognize that, and, and sometimes we know something's amiss, and we're just not sure what it is. And, and maybe it is that, that what's amiss is that you're needing connection with one another, connection with God and with one another. I wonder how this resonates with you today. Do you have meaningful relationships in your lives that, that help you maintain your spiritual and emotional and mental health? Do you have people who you can count on, who you can be real with, who journey with you in this life? Is your fundamental need for connection being met, or are you feeling a little bit or maybe a lot out of balance right now? We're going to talk about that today. Let us pray. 
Lord, I pray that you would open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your word to us today, that it would take hold of us and transform us, that you would remind us that you invite us into connection and community with you and with one another. We pray that as we hear that, you would give us courage to live into it. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In this series that we're in called Soul Care is Self-Care, we're exploring spiritual rhythms that help keep us grounded in the midst of this ever-changing world in which we live, rhythms that, that help us keep, keep us connected to God and to one another. Last week, we talked about worship and prayer as one of those rhythms. This week, we're talking about connection and community. Created in the image of God, we are wired We are wired to be in relationship, in connection with God and with one another. And that connection is expressed uh, most perfectly in love. In all of the Gospels, there is um, instruction about how we are to live in relationship with God and with one another. Three of the Gospels have this greatest commandment. This is Matthew's version. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. Love God and and love others. That's our command. That's what we're invited to, that rhythm of connection and community. Maybe it's helpful for you to have a visual image. It often is, is helpful for me. And, and this dynamic of connection and community is really expressed well in this visual image of the cross, this vertical beam that represents our relationship with God, that this is who we are, that we know that we are loved by God, that we are grounded in faith, that we are invited to grow deeper in our faith, that that is the central part of of how we live, knowing that we belong to God as God's beloved children. One of my favorite quotes over this past year has come from James Bryan Smith, who says, I am one in whom Christ dwells and delights. I live in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God. The kingdom is not in trouble, and neither am I. That's, That's who we are one in whom Christ dwells and delights. We are grounded in our faith in this relationship with God, but that's not all that there is. The rhythm of connecting with God is measured with the rhythm of connecting with one another, that horizontal piece of of the cross. We're designed to be in relationship with God and with others. We cannot separate those. They are linked together inseparably. How we relate to God, what we think about God, how we feel about God is directly tied to how we relate to one another. And how we relate to one another, how we express our relationships with one another is directly related to how we relate to God. Our thoughts and our feelings, our our ideas about what it means to be loved by God influence what it means to love God one another, this the sense of connection, this rhythm of connection and community. And Jesus models this really well for us. Jesus uh, understands who he is, his identity as the beloved. He's grounded in this relationship with God the Father. Jesus spends time alone in prayer. He engages in, in spiritual disciplines of fasting and, and being with others and worship and, and time alone 
And Jesus spends so much of his time in relationship with others. Jesus calls his disciples, in Mark's gospel, it says Jesus called his disciples to be with him, not to do something for him, but to be with him, to do life with him, to to engage in what it means day in and day out to be in relationship. Even within that small group of of disciples, Jesus has a special relationship with Peter and James and, and John and Jesus has friends that are like family to him. We hear stories, read stories about Mary and Martha and Lazarus and how dear they are to Jesus. Jesus is in relationship with others who come to hear him teaching and preaching the good news. Jesus is in relationship with the people who seek him out for healing and for hope. But Jesus' relationship with other people is always connected to his relationship with God the Father. Jesus is always grounded in who he is, and free to love one another well, to love others and be in community, in connection. We are loved by God. That's who we are. And we are called and commanded to love God in response and to love one another. There are plenty of scriptures that talk to us about how it is we are to be in relationship with God and with one another that give us images that that help us the images of being one body in Christ, the image of, of being the family of God that help us understand that we are all connected to one another by virtue of being human beings. That, that unites us uh, by simple fact that that's who we are. And as Christians, we are further united, further connected to one another by what Jesus does for us, making us brothers and sisters, heirs of the kingdom of God, in which none of us is better than or more important than another. Many of the ways in Scripture that talk about how we are to relate to God and to one another can be found in Paul's writings, two of those today, one from Romans. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. And Paul writes to the Corinthians, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ." For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Scripture really couldn't be any clearer that we are connected to one another, that we belong to one another. And yet we really struggle with this. We long for connection. We're wired to long for connection, to be in relationship with God and with one another. We long to be seen and to be known. And we live in a culture that prides itself on independence, on doing it on your own, of, of making it on your own. We live in a culture that prides itself on individual achievement, on position and power, a culture that, that sets up clear uh, demarcation between us and them, we, a culture that insidiously elevates competition over 
collaboration, where there have to be winners and losers, where there are haves and have-nots, and where one side is clearly seen as better than the other. We long for connection, even in this culture that promotes this individuality. We long for connection with one another, but we're suspicious of one another. We're suspicious that that someone might uh, take something from us, that someone might want something from us that we're not willing to give. We're, We're suspicious about what the dynamic of the relationship would be if it would infringe upon my being an individual. And so we we curate connection in ways that might scratch the itch, but really don't ever fulfill the deep longing for connection, for deeper relationship. We find ways to fit in without finding a place to belong, but fitting in is a poor substitute for belonging. Belonging is that place where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. Belonging is that place where you can risk being seen and being known, even as you're invited to see and know others. Belonging is the place where we can be real, where we can be real, and all of us long to belong. We all want this deep connection, regardless of age or gender or race or political thought or theological position, regardless of your education or your job or, or where you live, we want to belong. We want to connect. Even those people in your life or in the world who are very different from you, maybe the people who frustrate you or who make you angry, maybe the people with whom you strongly disagree, they also want to belong just as deeply <laughs> as you want to belong. The truth is that relationships of belonging require effort. They require time. They require investment. They require a willingness for us to be vulnerable and authentic with one another, and that's risky. It's risky because you might get hurt. You might be betrayed. You might be misunderstood. You might be rejected. You might actually have your uh, set ways and your thoughts and your biases. You might have those challenged if, if you're willing to risk naming them with one another. And maybe that's your experience. Maybe you have risked being vulnerable and authentic with other people only to be wounded by that. Most of us have. But if the risk is that we might be hurt The possibility is that we might be healed. If the risk is that we might be misunderstood, the possibility is also that we might actually be understood instead of misunderstood. If the risk is that we might be rejected, the possibility is also that we might be accepted. The possibility that comes with a a place of belonging far outweighs the risks required to belong. When we're willing to engage in authentic and vulnerable relationships, we begin to have a a sense of peace about this connection, this rhythm of loving God and loving one another. St. Teresa says, if we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. If we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. I suspect 
that we have forgotten maybe that we, have, that we belong to God, that that's what we forget first. We want to say that it's relational between one another, but I suspect that our missing piece is that we forget that we belong to God, that we are ones in whom Christ delights and dwells, that we live in the unshakable kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is not in trouble, and neither are we. We forget that. But when we forget that, we also forget that we belong to one another. I I wonder if you could grasp how deeply God loves you and how much you belong to God, that that's immutable. You, You can't take that away. You belong to God, that you might grasp that then we are freer, to embrace one another. We're, we're more willing to allow others to belong with us even as we're invited to belong with one another. And, and we're willing to not settle for fitting in when belonging is our real desire. When we can grasp that, then we're willing to take the risks required to be authentic and vulnerable in seeking belonging. I can't help wonder really what our world today our world today with the the pandemic and with the racial tensions and with the political and theological divisions and with all of the uncertainties around us, I, I can't help wonder what our world today would look like if we actually remembered and believed that we all belong to God and that we all belong to one another. I, I, I wonder if we remembered that, how we would make different choices about how we're living in the world right now about relationships that we engage in, about what we post on social media, about how we shop and about how we live in community, about how we uh, spend time with one another. I I wonder what the world would look like if if we really believed that we belong to God and that we belong to one another. There's a a great South African concept called Ubuntu, which, which says, I am because you are. When we're going about our lives in in this world, the only reason that that we are who we are is because of one another. So I wonder how our world would be different if if we remembered that we belong to God and we are belonging to one another, that rhythm of of connection and of community. I, I wonder today where you feel connected to God where you feel that sense of belonging. And maybe today, maybe today it's hard for you to imagine community. What you need today is to remember that you are one in whom Christ delights and dwells. And maybe as you remember that, then you can remember that there are opportunities for you to be in relationship with one another, to belong with others. You know, when you find a place of belonging, you begin to realize that we're all in this life together. We're we're all on the same, the same kind of journey. That our troubles are all the same. They they are specifically maybe different for each of us, but we we all have things that cause us heartache and worry and fear. We all have challenges that we face in in work and relationships and simply how life is unfolding for us. We're not alone. In that, but often we find ourselves believing that we are alone. I wonder what it would take for you today to risk connecting with someone else, one other person or a group of people. 
Maybe you're longing for connection and you just haven't known how to initiate that or how to find that. Here at Bethany, we have a number of different ways that you can connect with other people. Sunday school classes, Bible studies, prayer groups. Now, one of the things that we've encouraged over the last couple of years is called Grow Groups, which is a small group, a transformational uh, time together exploring what life means as followers of Christ. You, you spend time really checking in with one another, asking how your relationship with God is, asking how it is with your soul, supporting one another, praying for one another. And there are groups available right now for you to be part of. The other way that you can be involved is in a prayer group that is meeting. There's a prayer group meeting in our prayer garden on Wednesday evenings during this sermon series. There's a prayer Zoom room that uh, meets on Sunday mornings. If you go to the prayer link on the website, there are other ways that you can connect with other people to remember that we are connected with God and with one another. We have a new tool on our website called Group Finder. This makes it as easy as possible for you. If you go to the website and to this uh, place, you can search for a group to be part of based on what what the class type is, the location of the group, the meeting day, the meeting time. You can even find groups that meet closest to where you live. All of these groups are meeting uh, on Zoom or another social platform right now. Some of them have begun meeting in in smaller uh, venues and backyards and and together uh, with social distancing. But uh, all you got to do is take the risk to find a group that might be appropriate for you, that might be good for you to, to find a sense of, of balance. Over the last few years, as I said, we've encouraged you to be part of a grow group, uh, to find a place, a small community. These grow groups are based on what John Wesley had as class meetings for people to gather every week uh, and do life together. This past week, I invited some of our grow group members, participants, to respond to a couple of questions. These are people that are part of your community of faith, experiencing grow groups here as part of Bethany. And here's some of what they said. The question was, how has being in a grow group made a difference in your life? One said, this has been the most impactful experience of my adult spiritual growth. My grow group friends are incredibly important to me. I value and trust their perspectives. I seek their support. And I feel I'm also making a difference in their lives. Another one wrote that these are the things that have made a difference for her, the personal spiritual accountability, the practice bearing personal witness, the personal inspiration and reflection, the community of support and prayer, that the grow group has helped her develop a stronger God-centered perspective. Another one said, being in a grow group constantly reminds me of God at work in my life and the lives of others. Sharing celebrations and struggles through the lens of how is God working in the midst of this helps me keep proper perspective. I approach the joys with more gratitude and the challenges with more hope and patience, and I get to experience the joy of God working through me as I encourage someone else when it's their turn to share. Someone else wrote, my grow group has been there for me during difficult times in my life. Just knowing that I was being thought of and prayed for helped me keep going. It gives me a time to be with others, sharing at a deep level the challenges and successes each of us is having in our faith journey. I asked them to finish this sentence. Without my grow group, I would be less honest with myself, with others, and with God. 
likely in a very bad place right now, more lonely during this period of COVID than I am. It helps with the lack of fellowship that I'm feeling because we cannot be together at church. That may be your experience right now. Someone else said, without my grow group, I would be spiritually treading water. And what we know is that you can only tread water for so long. Then I asked them to finish this sentence. The best part of being in my grow group is the opportunity to be completely myself, full acceptance and support when sharing my evolving relationship with Jesus. It provides a structure for me to explore and grow my relationship with God through Christian friends that provide support, hold me accountable, and share thought-provoking spiritual growth opportunities for me each and every week. The best part is close friends that I've made with people that I probably would not know otherwise. Sharing at a deep level that helps me understand I'm not the only one who has struggles with their faith. We encourage one another. We share our joys and struggles in the context of how God is moving. And finally, I asked them, why would you encourage someone else to join a grow group? And they responded, my grow group has been instrumental in the maturing of my faith in relationship with Jesus. I believe that grow groups, another one wrote, are the single best way to truly start to examine and grow your relationship with God in a supportive, friendly, and amazing way. If you aren't just looking to learn about God, but rather to know God and develop a personal relationship with Him, this is a truly transformational experience. And so that they can experience the people from our church who are actively trying to be better disciples of Christ to encourage each other through the difficult periods of life and learn to share their faith, both doubts and triumphs, with, with others in an honest way. These are your brothers and sisters in Christ, part of the Bethany community. The grow groups have people in them uh, 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 that don't all agree on everything. This isn't about coming together and finding a place where everybody agrees. It's coming together to belong, to be with one another, to journey in faith together. And to remember that we're not alone. You heard in those answers that that rhythm of connection and community, the connection with God and being grounded in who we are as beloved children and the importance of sharing that with one another. I would encourage you to take that step today, if you haven't, to find a smaller community to be part of. It doesn't have to be a grow group. But a grow group is a safe and easy way, an easy place for you to start over the years. For me personally, groups similar to a grow group have been instrumental in my mental health, my spiritual health, my emotional health. I have been in groups, a uh, number of different groups since I was in college that have been uh, so helpful to me in my walk with Jesus and my connection with God and knowing who I am, but also carrying the burdens with one another, sharing the burdens, sharing the joys. They've been uh, indispensable for me. And so I want to encourage you in your journey of faith to find a place of connection. If you already have a place of connection, I wonder if you would look out and see if there's someone else longing to connect and if you would be willing to invite them in to your connection. Loving God and loving others, right? That rhythm, that rhythm of connection and community that is grounded in God's love for us, that rhythm that reminds us who we are. And friends, you are one in whom Christ 
dwells and delights. You live in the unshakable kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not in trouble. I know the world feels like it's in trouble. The kingdom of God is not in trouble. And neither are you when that's where you are grounded. When you're grounded in that relationship with God and connection with one another, then you know that you belong, that you are not alone. We are making our way in this world today together, loved by God, loving God, and loving one another. Let us pray. Loving God, we're so grateful for the ways that you uh, actually create us to be in relationship with you and one another, and we pray for courage to name where we are missing that connection and to seek it out. And if we are ones who feel really grounded and connected with you and with one another, that we would be willing to see others who are longing for connection and invite them in. But I pray today that all of us who are together in this time and in this space, we would know in a tangible way how deeply you love us and how much you delight in us. And that at the same time as we remember your love for us, that we would remember that we are created, not by accident, but on purpose to be in relationship, vulnerable and authentic, with one another as a place for us to know that we belong to you and to one another. Lord, as the body of Christ, we pray that it would be so among us that the world might see that love, might see that connection and that community in us, and that in those choices to know that all belong that we would find that the world is changing, that your kingdom is becoming more and more a reality in our midst. Thank you for your love. We pray for courage to live into it and to allow others to know your love through us. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.